In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and Merry Christmas, shit showers. Merry Christmas, Rig. Merry Rigmas <laughs> to all of our loyal listeners. Oh, we are here with the final episode of season one of Shit Show, That's your favorite true. podcast about all of the things in life that go hilariously and horribly wrong and off the rails. And it's a Merry Christmas. Mm-mm-mm. It's a festive season special. It is. It doesn't have to be Christmas. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be. It could be Happy Hanukkah. Joyous it could be Kwanzaa. Just a festive fucking time just for everybody. Just a festive Happy Holidays special. Absolutely. So uh, I'm not religious, but I don't mm-hmm. uh, stop anybody else from being religious with no, my hands was, or, that... or voice. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? That came out wrong. You're just just there with your hands up, like sliding, <laughs> strafing side to side. Don't go in there. Don't go in there in front of a church. Uh, weirder things that happen outside churches. But uh, the Pope uh, delivered his Christmas message, and he told the <laughs> I faithful. Thought, I thought. I thought you said the Popeo. <laughs> <laughs> the Popo delivered the message. Yeah. Stay safe over Christmas. <laughs> Double demerits. <laughs> PCYC. <laughs> doors, doors, doors. Um, so Pope Francis, his yep. Christmas message. He told the faithful that the winds of war are blowing in our world and an outdated model of development continues to produce human, societal and environmental decline and offered a prayer that confrontation may be overcome on the Korean Peninsula. And you know what? We also hope for that because Rig and I, after this show is finished, are going straight to the small town of Pyeongchang, South Korea. Oh, wow. And we, I mean, we hope we're going there. It's either that uh, or we're going to Pyongyang, Pyongyang, North Korea. When shit's about to get real dead. Oh, yeah. And, real uh, fatal. And, and, and my mother at Christmas dinner was telling me, do not uh, go on. Don't a, look anyone on, in the eye. On, on a two day trip to North Korea if anyone offers it to you. I'm like, Mum. Wow. I'm not a child, and this man is not going to be some dude in a free candy van. It's just, I'm not, why would I do that? She's like, no, just a bit. I'm like, I would never do that, though. You understand that, right? She's like, I'm just saying. I'm like, you don't need to say it. She's like, oh, I'm just saying. I'm like, stop. I think it's important to reiterate to you, Rig. If a guy comes up, because I'm concerned. I'm concerned for I us. Would, I would. It'd have to be pretty great candy. And no one's really... I would be more build... likely to buy magic beans from a Korean person than I would be to go to North Korea on some sort of weird sabbatical. You do not want to know about Kim Jong's magic beans. They are some fucking lit shit. Anyway, <laughs> so we are talking about our other podcast, Medallica colon Minnows versus the World, where yes. we follow all of the exploits of countries that have never won an Olympic gold medal. Never tasted glory. Or, or any medal whatsoever, mm-hmm. because the Winter Olympics are in Pyeongchang, South Korea. We're very excited. We're Super heading excited. over there on the ground. As our agent told us, if things get dangerous... Well, make sure you're safe, then make sure you report the news. And we said, what the fuck, Luke? We're not foreign correspondents. (laughs) (laughs) So we're not sure what he signed us up for, but we'll be there. And uh, you can pop over and grab that on iTunes. Uh, But yeah, so your Christmas was good, apart from your mum berating you about how you're still a child. It was pretty amazing talking to me about the dangers of North Korea. Your chat just now actually just reminded me of another chat that we had with Luke, where he's like, don't worry, we'll keep you safe. And we're like, how? And there was just silence. (laughs) I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. It's I'm just 
<laughs> I, I, I was lost for words, but at the same time, you cannot shake this excitement. No, no, you can't. No but, one, no one's ever said that it was going to be easy getting to the middle. Because yep. we started at the bottom, <laughs> now we're here. Started, started <laughs> oh, from the shit. bottom, now we're still here. <laughs> so, no, Christmas was good. Christmas was good. Had a, I have, a, I have a, a famously small family, and by famously I mean the opposite of that. And we just had, the, as you do in the, in the classic Australia, only in Australia, I was thinking about this the other day, so every Christmas, on average, the, the temperature hits probably about 30 to 35 degrees. Like Minimum. It's, it's very, very, for our American listeners, that's almost 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. It is very, very hot here for Christmas. We usually sit out near the pool at an outdoor table. You know, my myself, my seventy year old father, and my brother are usually in in, in underpants or yeah. or speedos or what have Fair. you. Mum is the, is is the only one uh, that, that that is actually dressed for a Christmas lunch. Yep, she's and in her underpants. One hundred percent. Never talk to me about that again. They just put a <laughs> horrible visual in my head. So we we Merry we, Christmas, Mrs. Rig. But this <laughs> it's Lady Rig. So. We went uh, to to do Christmas lunch, and we found out it was a, it was a very balmy twenty two degrees, which oh. we all deemed as being too cold. Oh, that's far <laughs> too, too cold! Too cold to have Christmas lunch outside, and so we had it inside in our in our at our dining table. Lit a roaring fire. That is, that is classic Australian problems one hundred and one. I'm like twenty two degrees. It is fucking freezing. <laughs> so first world. <laughs> Got to put my Christmas jumper on. Oh man! Get the fire going. That is fantastic. What did you get up to? Uh, I was up the coast at my folks' place, and we had a had a similar thing. But how did you deal with these frosty gales? Oh, mate, it was I don't know. The temperature it, it must, must have, have only been twenty five degrees. Yeah, we went we went biodome though. I think it was focused in on a on a, a balmy twenty eight up there. <laughs> but we are focused in on a new thing, which is called uh, Chris Pringle, and the gift. Needs to be given in a Pringle can? in a Pringle can. It has to fit inside a Pringle can. Wow! It can't be a sex toy. Ah, well, that's a yeah. Can't that, be a that, sex that's toy. a good condition because that's where my mind went yeah, immediately. I know it would. That's why I've got the got the rules. Yeah, y- you and I can do this next year. But yep. it is. It can't be a sex toy. It also can't be actual Pringles because that was another one that was that yep. was brought up. Uh, this is. A lot of the credit for this goes to Christopher Wilde, a local as screenwriter slash uh, amateur footballer, <laughs> videographer, and producer who uh, who came up with the with the concept, and then it was refined uh, a bit by my good Sand self over uh, over a couple of beers. Sand but down. but yeah, he's definitely the architect. It's a fantastic game, apart from the fact that when we actually played it, we left all of the Pringle cans on the boat that we'd just been on and forced this poor bastard who was like, got to get back to Christmas with my family. And we're like, please come and bring us all of our shitty, shitty Pringle cans. And he thought we were taking the piss and that we weren't actually serious. And so we had to bribe him with a bottle of wine. (laughs) Did he come come back? He came back. Good on him. He came back. And uh, gave not us all heroes cans. wear capes. Nope. Uh, turned out that most of the Pringles gifts uh, were uh, clothing. There was a pair of sunnies, and there were also a series of clearly stolen hotel minibar spirits bottles <laughs> that had been jammed <laughs> in there with the level of determination you often see from a Mensa applicant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking in there and going, they're never coming out. 
They're never ever coming out. Were there so some lazy gifters amongst the group? Where oh, were there are a lot of crumbs? They're just like, here's a here's a shirt that I got you, and it's covered in Pringles crumbs. There were a couple of promotional t-shirts that came out of booze oh, promos, wow. all free from the bottle shop. I'm like, five cougars, thanks, oh, mate. One of them just said stolen from the stolen rum. Oh I'm no, like, nah, we all know what this is. Yeah, we dead set know what this is. Um, yeah, I think I think in general because I was expecting everyone to gift Pringles and just den- or, or sex toys <laughs> and just so. go and just completely go against the the conditions. Exactly. Anyway, so that brings us to today. It is the final app. It's a Christmas New Year's theme. It's a uh, shit show. It is a slapdash, humdrum, <laughs> fucking put Don't, together thing that we've done. Do not. Let people see behind the curtain rig. This, this is the Frankenstein's monster of shit show. So what we've done is that in the spirit of giving, we are doing all of the segments together, apart from the segment that I hate that Rig created, which he's doing by himself. <laughs> and uh, I have giving a- can only go so far. The Christmas spirit <laughs> can only go so far. But uh, I guess in the in the continuing spirit of Christmas, I'll be receiving that, which is. Uh, not something that I ever wanted to say and on air. No, yeah, probably. Yeah, just, probably what, I can see that that's going to become a soundbite. It, de- it definitely really, will. And you were staring me dead into my pupils in your <laughs> eyes. <laughs> and then I've got a final segment that I've uh, created over the Christmas break, just for you, Rig, and for the listeners. So let's dive straight into it. Let's do it with Trainwreck Trophy. Do you want to kick it off? All right. Oh, well, should be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, I've. I've okay. Got... Okay. No. You know what? Let's. Uh, this is. It's. It's very. It's very tug of warish. It's very. It's very Christmas lunch, wherein your your brother or, or cousin has come in there, and people are asking your older relatives are asking what you're up to, and your other relative is trying to upstage you. Correct. Hmm. How have you been doing? Ah, uh, look, I've just been uh, doing this aeronautical engineering course, and uh, anyway, I'm going to be working uh, on rockets for NASA. But other than that, nothing, nothing too bad. Anyway, Gus, what have you been up to? Uh, I, uh, I play saxophone. <laughs> I, uh, I did a gig. <laughs> I did a gig last week. I did a gig. There was more people in the band than the audience. <laughs> Welcome to jazz. <laughs> jazz. Right. So I'll kick it off. So I'm gonna we're gonna we're gonna start in and and I thought this was really fitting this one because it's very wholesome, and Christmas is all about holes and some. Oh god! So we are going to pig. Let's go. We are well basted (laughs) piece of bacon (laughs) with headphones. We. (laughs) I am going to. It's it's very wholesome. Basically, when you're writing. When you're writing to your relatives, obviously you're, you're writing a lot of cards and stuff around this time of year. Sure. Some people have more more readily legible handwriting than others. Okay. There are times, like, I mean, I, I, okay, so my mother, when we were growing up, she still has, I mean, obviously she's not dead, she's completely alive, but the way that she writes literally looks like hieroglyphics. Okay. Like fucking Egyptian hieroglyphics. Right. You literally, I used to get, my, my brother had a knack for being able to read to it, decipher. and I would give him the he's pad, a and I was just like, "What's the go? Like it's the fucking Rosetta Stone." That's perfect. And he's just looking at it, just being like, <laughs> "And then the priest said, I mean, but it obviously wasn't like that. It's but, fountain of knowledge. But it was crazy, right? Because I'm just like, I don't know how you're reading this, uh, and, and a lot of people have a lot of problems trying to decipher those sort of things when they come from from people who are who are writing in in a pretty pretty hab drab style. Yeah, and so. 
Also, not a doctor. Important no. that your your mother is noted <laughs> as being a non medical professional. Ironically, she's a journalist, so she needs she to needs write to for write. a living. Uh, and if 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 this was the old days where stuff had to be before the screen printing, she would be so fucked. Oh, so, yeah. a a Christmas card has gone viral recently in the lead up to Christmas because a young man by the name of Rob Cook received a seemingly innocent Christmas card from his aunt Leslie and uncle Roy. And this is, I'm going to read to you what it looks like when you read it. Rob, wishing you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Have a fun one and try not to wank too hard. <laughs> Lots of love, <laughs> Leslie and Roy. Hold on, that's the deciphered version? That's what, that's what it looks like. Right. Wank, in the, <laughs> wank too hard is actually work too hard. So it goes viral and Rob Cook messages his his aunt and says, look, this is this is going gangbusters on tear interwebs. And she <laughs> writes back, don't do either too hard. They're both bad for you. <laughs> XX, <laughs> fucking brilliant. Mic drop. Mic drop, love it. And, and what the best thing about it was a whole lot of people started posting up their photos of things where they had actually received these cards with highly legible writing. Here's one. I'm going to tell you what it looks like. Dave, have a great retirement. Get plenty of fisting done. Fletch. Oh, that's, you know, Fletch has always been the comedian of the group, hasn't he? And it was meant to, it was meant to be fishing. Yeah. And that's what it was meant to do. But you know what? When retirement comes, you've got plenty of time for both. Yeah. So it's, well, he actually wanted to write fist. If you want to fish, it's up to you. (laughs) Both equally as hard as one another. Get plenty of felching done. (laughs) That's it. Grab a pipe and a guinea pig. Yep, and 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 again in a, in a very similar thing. Another one, another person put up a thing. You have made such a wonderful environment to wank in. Oh. Fantastic, oh, come fantastic. On. Oh, the A and the N, the O and the R. That's it's, it. You, when you when you writing calligraphy, you've got to be very very careful. Well, it's one of those things where you know you see people write and they look like a fucking phantom from like Paranormal Activity is dragging their elbow across the thing. You're like, Jesus Christ, how do you write like that? You've got it. You've you've got to do it. And that's what happens. People are just trying to get more aerodynamic with mm-hmm. their writing, and then all of a sudden, people are wanking everywhere. It's all about efficiency and fisting. That's it. So, what have you got, mate? Uh, I have headline. This US politician has made the most insane train wreck Christmas card you will ever see. Yes. There were difficult times for the world, and luckily uh, America has politicians that can trust rig. Uh, I want to tell you about the <laughs> Republican Assemblywoman Michelle Fior. <laughs> Fior. What? Why are you doing the hand because thing? She's because she's a Nevada politician. She's definitely <laughs> Italian. Allora. From, from, the, from the classically cosmopolitan city of Nevada. <laughs> That's the state. Ah, you Be got a me. Oh, Worst. <laughs> anyway, so this chick has effectively released this card... I'll describe it too. It just says, Merry Christmas from my family to yours. Merry Christmas and happy holidays, Michelle Fiore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people. They are all in the in the picture. There are small children. There's a baby in there. There's large adults. Ticking all the all the boxes. Yep. I'm gonna describe how these people are written down on the card. From left to right. 
David, Beretta, 9TFS, Sheena, Glock, 3045 SCP, oh. Michelle, Serbu Super Shorty 12 gauge. Oh, hectic. Little extra. You get the picture. Yeah. This Christmas card features her entire family holding firearms. Oh, and wow. it is, go to our Twitter right now because this is one of those pictures that Jesus. looks like the Charles Manson experience <laughs> was actually a nativity play <laughs> because these people are fucking nuts. Oh, and uh, and I say to the entire Fiore family, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, <laughs> because you guys have had some kind of year. <laughs> you look like the fucking untouchables. Oh, gee. Oh. Untouchables? Intouchables. Intouchables is that it's a heartwarming movie. tale of exactly. the French old man. Perfect. <laughs> All of you look like an old French man. <laughs> I've had oh. a couple of a couple of Christmas beers and I'm feeling pretty good about these references. <laughs> <laughs> feeling pretty twiggy. Pretty twigged. Uh, yeah. So I mean, she loves she loves guns. She wants you to love guns too. The other one is. Older couple caught with 60 pounds of pot said it was for holiday gifts. <laughs> <laughs> That's just good. Re- That's Which family is this? <laughs> well, uh, routine traffic stop in York County, Nebraska on Tuesday turned out to be anything but routine. That's because officers found 60 pounds of pot in the vehicle, which was occupied by a couple in their 80s. Oh, wow. After they crossed the center line, the driver failed to signal. Deputy said they immediately smelled what appeared to be raw marijuana. It is a street value of no less rig than three hundred thirty-six thousand US dollars, and they said that they had the intent to deliver these presents to family for Christmas. They didn't deny that it was their weed. They just said they intended to give it out as Christmas presents, and that every Christmas present was going to be divided into a small personal supply. Did they? So okay, did they know that it was marijuana, or is it one of those things where? Fucking young Billy was actually the dealer and sent his gram gram and his pop pop out to take this all this weed to the family and be like, the family's really into oregano, grandma. <laughs> I just really, really wanna really wanna make sure that, that everyone's set for the for the new year. Yeah, I I don't know about that because uh because if you look at a picture of uh, Mr. Patrick Giron who was uh who was arrested <laughs> that guy, that guy, been pulling pipe. Oh wow, <laughs> he's high on his own supply. Yeah, uh, it's an, it's basically to explain because a thousand words tells a thousand. He words. literally looks like the old French man from the Intouchables. He does, doesn't he? <laughs> See, told you that it come back as a fucking callback. Ah, <laughs> uh, so that is the three we have. The eighty-year-olds who were shipping a criminal quantity of weed for presents. Yep. We had uh, Michelle Fiore and her <laughs> Christmas card of just firearms. Yep. And we had your train wreck. Yep. Yep, we had my train wreck. So Good. we. <laughs> so b- between the two of my us. My train wreck was the, 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 the cursive card that went viral. Exactly. I let's, was all, let's, let, let's all wank everywhere. Perfect. Well, I mean, I'm voting uh, for. I'm voting for yours. I think that's pretty good. Fair enough. I'm actually voting for guns. Fair. I'm voting for guns because I'm voting for guns because go on. It's fucking mental. Yep. And when up look, we always said that the show would never get political, but it always fucking 
like it only gets the only the only firearms room. The only way that this could be a bigger train wreck is if someone fucking had the safety off and Merry Christmas from our family to yours and the cousin is blowing another cousin's brains out. <laughs> like that is legit weird. Like yeah, it's uh, how, awful. how far is this going to be? But at the same time, when do you put your fucking hobbies into a into a Christmas card like that? Well, I don't put things like we don't have family Christmas cards where like I'm holding a Sharon. You know, I'm yeah, not, but, I'm not, I'm not holding a footy. But your family. And then a microphone in the other hand. <laughs> yeah. To encapsulate all your of year. my interests. Yeah. But at the same time, your family and most Australian families don't have one thing that their family is just about that is contentious and the, and everyone's like, great, well, fuck, look at the look at the Rig City Christmas card and it is just all of you just in your underpants sitting outside sweating up a storm. <laughs> like, that's about as close as your family would get. Bucket of prawns <laughs> in the middle. So good. Yeah. All right. Well, there's two. that means there's two train wreck trophy winners. Well, no, there isn't. Okay. I think it's time to go to the most democratic form of determining the train wreck trophy. It is. It has to be the coin flip. Oh, of course. It has yeah, to be. Yeah, okay. Fair. Alrighty, what have Riggs, I got here? Riggs pulled out his Kramer S. I've only got a soon-to-be-redundant five-cent piece. Perfect. This is literally the only time one of these has come in handy. Good luck finding that. All right, what are we saying? Heads for what? Heads for... I, oh, ooh. Heads for cursive and tails for guns. Yes. Here we go. I can't see it. It, it is, is tails. tails, guns, perfect, guns, yep. guns, guns. Yep, guns. me, 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 doors, doors, doors. <laughs> doors. <laughs> Play the anthem. Train wreck. Train wreck. Train wreck. Trophy. Trophy. Which means we're into the second part of the cast tonight. The very, very, very loose cast that we put together for you. This patchwork. Anyway, yep. we are going into the poos in the news. It is the final one for the year, which I'm sure Gus is very, very happy about. But it's not the final one ever. But it's not the I'm final one ever because I'm a fucking idiot. Because you're an idiot, you're... and you put it in the hands of the people, and the people wanted poo. Here's the thing: the people are terrible, and they do not deserve a say. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much to our fans. We hate you, right? So <laughs> says Gus. Anyway. This uh, there there are a lot of lists that come out towards the end of 2017. I'm sure you've seen a whole bunch that have come out. Top ten movies, top ten restaurants, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Sure. This one, for some reason, thank you from Stuff Magazine <laughs> in New Zealand <laughs> because it has just an amazing amount of statistics on Scribe. Top on... ten Scribe songs. <laughs> no, it's got an amazing, amazing list of stats about all the pools, the public pools that were closed this year. <laughs> because. The title, Poo and Vomit Force Continued Closure of Christchurch's Public Pools. Vomit and Fecal Contaminations Force the Closure of Christchurch's Public Pools 178 times during oh, 2017. Oh, what the fuck, Rig? Which is a 20% drop from 224 <laughs> times last year. That's the reason this stat has been released, because someone in local, in local council has released this as a Christmas win. That's it. 178 so, times. Someone has looked this up and gone, I'm too hungover to write anything with substance. I'm writing about shit in the pool. 
I told you when you elected me that I'd declare war on shit. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> 20% down. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Pioneer Pool in Sprayden was the hardest hit. Oh, come on. <laughs> Including uh, which experienced 79 closures, including 50 quote code browns <laughs> and 26 vomiting incidents. Oh, come on, there's got to be a better, better code for that. Uh, code, code browns, it's just it's mental. And it obviously, most of these are happening in the leisure pool, yeah. Oh, of uh, course, they then are. followed by when the everyone's te- real relaxed, then followed by the teach pool. But it actually still happened quite a few times in the lane pool. <laughs> It's absolutely oh. mental. Like so, the length of the closures varied from forty minutes to more than eight hours, depending on the size of the pool, because the water has to come <laughs> in and out and be recycled three <laughs> times for it to be cl- to be declared swimmable again. <laughs> but you're about to be like, depending on the size of the dump, because yeah. <laughs> because realistically, when you've got a code brown and you have a system that declares something a code brown, oh, you've yeah. got a measurement system. Yeah, it's. You've, well, I don't know. Is we're it, a code code brown five. Code Brown 5! It's everywhere! It's even in my raccoon wounds! I feel, <laughs> I feel like it's it, there's like a control room, like fucking Hunt for Red October. <laughs> and everyone's just like, I said it's a Code Brown! Sound the alarm! I, I don't think we should, Admiral. I said sound it! <laughs> Try to save an innocent life! <laughs> just people just taking it way too seriously. Oh, God, but that is, that is just mental. So... At one point, it took one and a half hours for the toddler pool at Graham Condon, but more than eight hours for the complex's lane pool, council recreation and sports head, John Philsell said. So the, the lane pool took eight hours to flush out. It's a lot of water, Rick. It is a lot of water. It's a, I mean, that's... I reckon, because we've, we've, covered, we've covered the pool poos before. We have. And I Lake think... Lake Macquarie. Big yeah. shout out to the council. But I think, like, Mac, I... <laughs> Return of the Mac. Anyway, they have. I, I reckon most of the. I reckon most of the problems would have happened from surely liquefied feces. It, it, they can't be solid ones that are causing all these problems. It's a huge assumption. I wouldn't. I wouldn't assume that for a second. Well, let's break this down on the whiteboard here. Okay. So. You can- <laughs> Professor Rieg is going to draw up the and that you've got you've, you've the, got the, you've the, got the biology and the physics of shit. Here is your standard one hundred percent free range organic poo, solid, sturdy, one piece, perfect. I'm now going to explain now to you here. The, I'm going to explain to you Archimedes' law of displacement, <laughs> and here is how H two O reacts with a solid turd. Now here. Is oh, a liquefied turd. I don't want. I don't want this. Notice how Please. it seeps naturally into the blueness of the lagoon. Can so I watch speak. this presentation later? <laughs> Slash, never see it ever again. Hey, fuck! You spent time you, on that. You got to take this as a fucking blessing. I learned how to use OneNote because of this. <laughs> I like that everything screamed in from the right with sound effects. <laughs> That was my favourite part. <laughs> the favourite part is the little animated uh, cowboy going pew, pew, pew. Well, it's a fuckload better than Clippy, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and that is Poos in the News, the final Poos in the News for this year, which means we move on to the People's Segment. It is One Star Reservoir. Q Music. You, I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. One star Reservoir. What? 
All right, once I risk about the final, the final one of the year. Bang! I think it might be back, but we don't know. We've got a we've got a planning meeting, and we actually encourage we anybody that really loves any of these segments to jump online, jump onto our Twitter, or jump onto our Facebook. Let us know because uh, we will get real fucking ruthless. In, Those, the, in, yeah. in about January 2018. Yeah, shit is getting cut. That's it. And if you if you want to get in touch with us, please go through all the regular channels or do as some of the people have already done, listeners of our show, mm. and corner me in a pub and breathe heavily about two inches away from my face. Yeah. Look me dead in the eye and go, you know what you should do next season? And then just go on and tell me about your idea. Totally. So if you see me in the pub, don't do that to me, but do it to Gus. Don't do that. Do it to Gus. Yep. He really enjoys it. I told him about it and he said that's the best. And he goes, I wish someone would do that to me. And I said, well, how about I go on, on air at the show and I say that they should all do that to you. Perfect. Well, and direct, we agreed on that. Yep, we we sure didn't. Uh, <laughs> please direct all complaints to Michelle Fiore because she fucking does not own a million guns. So One Star Reservoir, yep. it's where we, we this week have trawled the internet and found some of the best festive One Star reviews. All right, Rig's going to kick it off and, uh, and then I've got one to follow. Right, so first one in the 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 shared lifting of One Star Reservoir. <laughs> We've both got a side of the dumbbell. We have spent many a happy Christmas over the years at the resort. However, the ending to Christmas 2012 was beyond bad, made worse by the way management handled the situation. The festivities went well. That was until our last night, December 29th. Two girls in the room next to ours enjoyed the company of males who should not have been in the hotel. How do you know that? The doors banged open off and on in the middle of the night as they took turns to use the room. (laughs) One of the girls attempted to gain access to our room, waking both my children aged 8 and 12. Every time. She then proceeded to crouch down with her clothes at her ankles in a position to urinate in front of us. (laughs) We called security several times. In the morning at breakfast, the manager then brought the girl to our table to apologize to our face. Are you fucking kidding? Said the girl was upset and couldn't remember. Well, we remember, as did our young daughter. Furthermore, how dare the manager expect us to forgive the performance of the night before? Equal sign, her behaviour was inexcusable. So much for family hotel. We called the police to report all incidents. The general manager said when we were ready, asked when we were ready to rebook next year to contact him. We have spent several Christmases there. Clearly, our dissatisfaction has been quickly forgotten. The price we were quoted on the on the phone was fifty pounds dearer than online. So much for the general manager ensuring that we would be taken care of. So much for customer loyalty. New guests beware. Half-naked girls in full view of long, young children in the middle of the night would appear to be acceptable and total uh, would appear to be unacceptable and total disregard for a family Christmas ruined. There's a reply. Oh, sure. You, you, how are you going to defend that apart from saying? I apologise for the actions of my daughter the, while the, you were staying. This re, this response is just awesome. Not in in terms of the content, but in terms of the feeling that I'm hoping to convey. Oh my god! We're disappointed to read your recent review about your stay in December 2012, <laughs> despite you posting at the time such a positive review review on this site about your festive experience with us last year. We are unsure why your opinion would change so much and after so many months have passed. We acknowledge that you had an issue at the time last year with some other guests and again acknowledge this in your recent conversation with our manager, Gordon. 
and it is unfortunate that despite our best efforts and gesture of goodwill last year before you departed and our further gestures of a discount and an upgrade this year that you still feel that in some way we need to do more. Oh, I feel like this is Gordon's fault, to be we, honest. We do feel we have done everything possible and more to assist you and as such our offers remain open should you wish to reconsider and contact me directly. Oh, no. Gina. Don't contact Gina. Gina. You can tell that she had Gina's... written that with her fucking teeth gritted, like, the whole time. Gina wrote that the way that you read it. Yeah. Furious. Furious. She's like, fucking I livid. don't know what I could have done more. My manager, Gordon, who is terrible with customers, offered you absolutely nothing. He offered you everything and short nothing. of a blowjob. <laughs> If you would like to take me in an alleyway, we will call this matter closed. <laughs> so, so that is the first that's one. That's the first one. Uh, second one. Mine is an Airbnb review, which is inexplicable because it actually, you'll see when I read it, it's an Airbnb review of a place in Broadbeach. Here? Yeah. Like Broadbeach, Queensland? Coach. Yeah. Gold, Gold Coach. <laughs> In the Gold Coast. In the Gold Coast. Righto, Cinderella. (laughs) When does the slipper get back on? Yep, you're a pumpkin now. My then boyfriend and I booked your beach house with three other couples. It was going to be the best trip ever until my boyfriend dumped me on December 29th. I was heartbroken and didn't want to go on the trip, but the other couples assured me it would still be fun and not awkward. Eventually, I let myself be convinced that I wouldn't be a seventh wheel. I arrived at your apartment a little later than the others and was surprised at the cool reception I received from the host. It later later came out that my friends had been chatting with you about the breakup over the previous couple of days, and you decided it was my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Also, you seem to assume (laughs) that (laughs) inviting a single miserable pal to a couple's retreat was not on. My friends spent the next three nights, including New Year's Eve, in their rooms having very loud sex. (laughs) The only time I saw anyone during the whole trip was when they emerged occasionally for meals to watch fireworks or find more condoms before going back to sex each other again. (laughs) Thanks for the hospitality. (laughs) (laughs) That is fucking fantastic. The host deserves about... 1% 1% of the blame for that. I know, like, I know. innocent bystander. Yeah, absolutely. But fuck, I love that. You <laughs> seem to have made up your mind. That is so good. <laughs> Just massively jump me to, jump me to conclusions. Um, alrighty. So this, this last one is a one-star review of a New Year's Eve. So it's someone's worst ever New Year's Eve. Love it. When I was 15, some buds and I lied about spending New Year's on a yacht with a friend's family. Instead, we somehow convinced an adult to drop us off down the coast without asking too many questions. Looking back, the weirdest part of this story is that at 15, my parents believed I knew someone with a yacht. (laughs) Anyway, we didn't have any plans or anywhere to stay, but we were like, who cares? Because we had about 20 pineapple cruises. <laughs> Which rig you and you and I can attest were real things. Oh, they were hundred percent things. They that existed. One hundred percent hormone fuel. After a bit of roaming, we headed to the beach where, being New Year's Eve, we found a massive bonfire with heaps of people hanging out on couches getting wasted. 
By then, we were pretty drunk, and I immediately made out with several dudes who didn't know they were kissing someone in year nine. Oh, that is horrible by this writer. Yeah, definitely. This author's done bad. After a while, I started chatting to a 19-year-old. He was super ripped and like a gymnast or something. (laughs) To my teenage self, he was pretty much all my hormones in a tank top. (laughs) We chatted, did cartwheels, and he picked me up and pretended to run into the ocean. It was amazing. Eventually, we walked about 100 meters, 100 meters away from the group and spent the next hour or so making out. Obviously, being a drunk teenager, I didn't think to tell my friends where I was, but by this point, they'd noticed I was missing and started asking around. Oh. From the outside, the story was I'd been talking to some older dude who was last seen throwing me into the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone went fucking ballistic. <laughs> I couldn't hear much down the beach because I was pretty distracted and it was New Year's Eve, so a bit of screaming seemed normal. But the whole party, now frantic, started wading out into the ocean to find me. Finally, someone spotted a rock a little way out that was shaped like a body and called the cops. (laughs) (laughs) If you've never been... If you've never been cock-blocked by the police and a bunch of crying friends who thought you were dead, you haven't lived. (laughs) One star. (laughs) What was the review of? New Year's Eve. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Wow. So that's that's the three one-star reviews. Fuck, that is amazing. And and, wow. Well, that was... (laughs) Fuck, that was great. So... We've got we've well we've got a you you brought something new to the table. I've I heard. have. You've Look, got, yeah. I, I wanted to do something special for you, Rick, because we have done I nothing have, else special for me. I have. What have you done for me lately? I have three to five measures of affection for you. <laughs> I'll let you decide what that's out of. <laughs> could be out of three. Could be out of a hundred. So I'm bringing you the shit show, Christmas criminals. Nice. Very, so, very home alone of you. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I'm going to give you five different headings. Six, actually. And you can pick three. Okay. Stabbed with squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> the bath salt decorator. The murderer who hid the corpse in presence. Oh. The float speed, reg- the float speed record. The cop fighting Frosty and snake theft. All right, I'm going to go cop fighting Frosty, snake theft, and stab with a squirrel. Okay, stab with a squirrel. Let's be honest with each other. We all need a little help to get through the holidays, and that help usually comes in the form of alcohol. But when a South Carolina man came back empty-handed from a beer run on Christmas Day, he found himself on the wrong end of a truly bizarre weapon, a ceramic squirrel lawn ornament. (laughs) 44-year-old Helen Williams had sent the unidentified man, her common-law husband, out on an errand to get booze. But when he returned without any, she fell into a rage and stabbed him multiple times with oh a squirrel. Oh, my God. When police arrived, she claimed he fell but couldn't explain why there was blood all over her hands. Oh, shit. Williams was booked on one charge of domestic violence of a high and aggravated nature. <laughs> What is the sharp part of a ceramic squirrel? It's got to be is the, the tail. ears. It had oh. no. That's a bushy tail. That'd be that'd be curved. Uh, it'd become it'd pretty be the fucking. Ears. It'd become it'd sharp. Have to be the ears, oh, I right? guess the head is. How would you grab it? You have to grab it by the base. Have to grab or by the, the head. base, and that's then the you only two places. It in. Like it's a fucking battering ram. Jesus, what the that's, shit is she doing? Like 
that oh, I'm doing this to rig right now, which is just l- literally me. It's like you're giving, giving me one armed, one armed Hadoukens across the desk. Yeah, that's the way you'd have to batter with a squirrel ornament. No, it'd be like an actual like batter. I look like you wouldn't um, put it in the in the crook of your arm like a child. No, <laughs> what sort of mechanical <laughs> advantage are you getting? No, it's like the okay. Now you are doing an Hadouken. That's. <laughs> You have two hands. They're both open like an alligator claw. <laughs> All right. Like a fucking Venus flytrap. I love it. All right. The cop fighting Frosty. According to the song, Frosty the Snowman is a jolly happy soul. But in Maryland, he's kind of an asshole because 52-year-old Kevin Michael Walsh of Chestertown was dressed in a Frosty costume for his town's parade as he's done for the last decade. But when he was asked to move away from the crowd by a canine officer, Walsh wasn't able to keep his cool. He physically fought against the man and kicked the dog in the head, <laughs> which is not a good look if you are a snowman. Oh, no. The police subdued the felonious Frosty and pinned him to the ground in front of an audience of horrified children. <laughs> <laughs> Walsh was booked on charge of disorderly conduct and eventually ordered to undergo mental health evaluation. So good. And finally, snake theft. <laughs> All fucking time. A Slidell man accused of stealing three snakes and a cash register from a local pet store is in jail. <laughs> but Slidell police say more charges are expected to be filed. Donald Lagas Jr., 31, allegedly told police he stole the snakes as a Christmas present for his son. What? Daniel S- Susan knew. <laughs> Susan knew. Said in a spell news- it. Spell it. Uh, Slidell police detective Daniel Susan knew. <laughs> S-E-U-Z-E-N-E-A-U. Susanew. The Rurger. The Rurger. The The owner of Delta Pets at 1370 Corporate Square called police Wednesday after noticing the back door of his business had been pried open. The owner also noticed the cash register... A $600 ball python and two boa snakes were missing. Susan knew, said police searched the area and saw several nearby businesses had pry marks on the doors. They found an open door to a vacant building, a makeshift bed, three snakes and a jail ID card inside. Jesus. The ID card had Legas' name on it. Aggressive detective work was not required to determine that the three snakes were the same reptiles missing from Delta Pets and had been stolen by the defendant, Susan New said. <laughs> Detectives arrested Legas Wednesday night and charged him with one count of simple burglary. Legas recently was released from jail on burglary charges. <laughs> that is it's, fucking insane. It's it's so great. And just just for the just for the extra I, I feel- yeah, yeah. Oh, go on, mate. go on, go. Extra Christmas miracle, the float speed record. Christmas parades are a very American small town tradition, letting locals dress in their winter best and walk in the season in cheerful style. But the whole point of a parade float is to go slow enough for the crowd to appreciate it. Nobody told David Allen Rogers that. The South Carolina man got behind the wheel of a truck in a parade and immediately put the pedal to the metal, hitting speeds of 100 kilometres per hour oh, as the stepping out dance studios float whipped back and forth behind him. Rogers had downed more than a couple of drinks before the parade started and blew through multiple stoplights before slowing down enough for the 18 terrified children on the float to jump off and call 911. Oh, my God. He blew seven times the legal limit. Oh, shit. I want to make it very clear that seven times the legal limit 
in America has to be pretty close to dead. That's like that's that's that's, that, like that's alcohol poisoning. Three five. That's a trip to the ER. You can't Surely. fucking drive. You can't live. I can't. Uh, back to the snakes. Yeah. I just. All right, the snakes guy. I've been released from prison. You're like, <laughs> all I've got it. You know what? I've been a fuck up, but I've got a son that I made with my big old crime dick, and I've got to make sure that he has a better <laughs> Christmas than I got from my dad. So I'm going to go down to the local pet store because what are kids like? No fucking idea. I've been in jail forever. I guess they must like snakes. <laughs> no, I feel like it said he tried to pry into the other businesses. Like one's a toy store, <laughs> one's a fucking pool shop, and the next one is a fucking pet store full of snakes. Yeah, shit security. You know, he loves toys. Can't get in. You know, he loves outdoor pools. Can't, can't get, get one in. of those. <laughs> you know what he's going to have to deal with? What well, you can do, one of those inflatable pools. Love it. What am I going to do? Get him some snakes. <laughs> can you imagine? While I'm here, might as well take the cash register. I love that also he, he robbed places that were literally across the alleyway from whatever fucking squat he was hiding in. Because <laughs> the cops basically <laughs> went outside the department store and went, oh, that door's open. Walked in and there's a bed and three snakes and a fucking ID card. <laughs> Fuck. That is absolutely insane. It's insane. Can you imagine the kid when he finds Merry out... Merry Christmas! Ah! <laughs> not only does he not have presents, but if he did get presents, they were going to be snakes. And what's he going to do? He's just like, he's going to like, oh, I'm sleeping with my snake. He's not sleeping. I saw a picture of like, I remember seeing a picture on the internet one time. I think it was on Reddit or something. There's a snake that was, that, was, that was next to its owner on the bed. And they were just like, oh, my snake is actually like sleeping next to me now. This is actually really cool. And then all the comments are like, he's sizing you up. He wants to know how fucking large he has to open his fucking jaw to swallow you. Could you imagine that if the kid was just like, wake up one day and there's fu- your fucking son's arm is in the fucking snake? Oh. My son! No! <laughs> he died doing what he loved. Being consumed With his by a boa constrictor. <laughs> he was sleeping. Oh, oh, that's wow. it. That, that is, is the end of season one, Rig. That is what a, what a season it was. They said it couldn't be done, and we said we'll probably maybe do it. <laughs> they said it couldn't be done. I said, you're my parents. Have some faith. <laughs> Stop being dicks. Uh, so we are on a hiatus while we go to South Korea, and if we don't come back... Avenge our deaths. Thank you so much for listening, and please go... Find our killers and appease our appease our lives, uh, but at the same time, we will be back in April of yep. 2018. We're starting off with, I believe, a series of live shows in Sydney uh, to kick it off. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that uh, see how it, that pans it, it out. May, may or may not be live shows, but we will definitely be back for season two in April. Absolutely. In the meantime, please head over to Medallica: Colon Minnows versus the World. We just got an email, Rig. You know who it's from? Who's it from? It is from one Mr. Stephen Bradbury. (laughs) (laughs) What? Who is just Australia's first gold medalist, (laughs) the patron of all bullshit all minnow things minnow. yes and he is getting involved with Medallica so oh. if you want to see how this goes down please pop over we will be on the air with a daily podcast from uh february. early february every day of the olympics we'll be on the ground in, in south korea. korea we'll be covering everything from current affairs weird local south korean things and why every south korean child is sticking their fingers in adults butts and yelling dong chip <laughs> 
Just stay fucking tuned. <laughs> and if you are uh, keen on still getting your fix of shit show, we've got a couple of cheeky treats that are coming your way in the new year as well. So it won't be the last that you've uh, that you've heard of us technically, but in a more realistic sense, it is the last you've heard of us until <laughs> April. <laughs> guys, thanks so much for listening. And Rig, love your work, buddy. Thanks so much for your support, guys. And Gus, love your work, buddy. See ya. See ya. Bye.